Welcome to the podcast of Apostles by the Sea Anglican Church in Rosemary Beach, Florida. You can find out more about us on our website at ApostlesByTheSea.com. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, church. Today, we're going to look at the book of Ruth. At its core, it's a beautiful story of redemption. And in it, we encounter amazing faithfulness. The faithfulness of Ruth, the faithfulness of a man she meets named Boaz, and the faithfulness of God. So the book of Ruth takes place at a dark time in Israel's history. It's it's near the end of the time of the judges. And it was a time marked by lawlessness and by war and by famine. A time in which the people allowed their hearts to wander far from God. In fact, the last few chapters of the book of Judges end with this refrain. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It was a time that needed hope, that needed people of faith to do the right thing. It was a time that needed God. So Ruth, the main character of this story, in a way is like an Abraham figure. In Genesis 15, it was Abraham's faith in God, his belief, his trust, that was counted to him as righteousness. And if you remember, Abraham was called out of the land of Ur, out of his, to leave his home and his family, everything he knew, his land, to follow God and to begin a new age of faithfulness to him. And Ruth is also called out of her own land, the land of Moab. And she leaves her home and her family and through an act of faith begins a new chapter for the people of Israel. But why? Why was the story recorded about a Moabite widow? What makes her story so special? Why are we talking about Ruth's faithfulness 2,500 years later? Well, we find out in the last chapter of the book that Ruth was the mother of Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, who became Israel's greatest king. In the Gospel of Matthew, it starts like this. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And Matthew lists Ruth as one of Jesus' ancestors, which means Ruth the Moabite is the great, 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 29 greats, grandmother of Jesus. Okay, so let's look at Ruth's faithfulness. Then Boaz's faithfulness. And then finally, God's faithfulness. First, Ruth's faithfulness. The story starts with hardship. It's a time of famine in Bethlehem. And so Naomi, who will become Ruth's mother-in-law, moves with her family to Moab, a sworn enemy of Israel, to try to make a life there. When When they get there, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, dies. Then her sons get married to some Moabite women. One marries a woman named Orpah. The other marries Ruth. But then her sons also die leaving Naomi widowed without a husband and without sons in a foreign land. So when she hears that God has blessed her homeland with rain and a harvest, she decides to return to Bethlehem. Better to be a widow in her hometown than to be a widow in the land of your enemy. 
And she tells her daughters-in-law, you guys, well, she, didn't, she probably didn't say that. She said it in some other way that was more eloquent than you got. She told her daughters-in-law, you should stay. You should stay here in Moab. Return to your father's houses where, they can be, where you can be cared for and find husbands from your, for yourselves from your own people. But Ruth refuses to leave Naomi and speaks some of the most beautiful and faithful words in all of Scripture. She says, don't tell me anymore to leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Isn't that beautiful? That's Ruth's faithfulness. She wants to remain with Naomi. She wants to serve Naomi's God, no matter what the costs might be. She's going to leave everything she has known. She's going to leave her family, her homeland, her everything to make Naomi's people her people and Naomi's God her God. And you know what? God can use that kind of faithfulness, and he does. And so Ruth comes with Naomi to Bethlehem. And when they get there, Ruth tells Naomi, this is what Ruth wants to do. She says, let me go out into the fields and glean so you and I can have food that we can eat. Back then in Israel, there was a law about gleaning. It was a law that landowners couldn't harvest everything that their land produced. They had to leave gleanings for the poor. It was how the poor were cared for at that time. They could go in after the harvesters and collect whatever had fallen to the ground and wasn't harvested. And that's what Ruth wanted to do. And so she did. And the field that she began to glean then happened to belong to a man named Boaz, a relative of Elimelech, Naomi's husband, who had died. Let me read this from chapter 2. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, behind someone in whose sight I may find favor. She said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the workers in the field, The Lord be with you. They answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servants, who, his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Who is this young woman? The servant answered, She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please, let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now, without resting even for a moment. Okay, so we learn several things. One, Boaz was a close relative of Elimelech, Naomi's late husband, and he was wealthy. We also learn that he's an honorable and faithful man. When he got to his fields, he greeted his, his workers like this. The Lord be with you. Just like every other foreman usually greets his workers at the work site. The Lord be with you. And they replied, the Lord bless you. These were good people. Ruth found herself in the field of a good man. And the last thing we learn is that Ruth is a hard worker. She worked and gleaned in that field all day without taking a break. All right, now listen to what happens next. I'm going to read you a little bit more of this story. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes in the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, 
Go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell prostrate with her face to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds. And may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. I love that. Boaz is so impressed by Ruth's faithfulness to Naomi and that he wants to protect her. And he prays for her that she will be rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings she has come for refuge. When she comes home that night, With her gleanings, Naomi is amazed by how much she has brought in. And she asks, whose land were you gleaning in? And when Ruth says that she was gleaning in Boaz's land and that Boaz has been kind to her, Naomi rejoices. Boaz is a relative and a good man. And best of all, he can act as a redeemer for them. All right, let me tell you, let me tell you what it meant to be a redeemer in Israel. Redemption was a beautiful thing. And redemption had, very speci- had a very specific meaning. To redeem something meant to buy it back. You could redeem a piece of property or a field that had fallen into the hands of, of, of another family. Or you could redeem or buy back a person, a family member, who had, to, who, had to, who had gone into prison or had to sell themselves into servitude. Sometimes families would lose their property. Maybe they fell in hard times, and so they'd have to sell their property to pay debts. Or maybe they didn't have land, so they had to sell themselves into service to somebody else for a set amount of time or until that debt was paid. So property or people in that condition could be redeemed. Form the redemptions. Who was able to act as redeemer? The laws about redeemers were very clear in the Old Testament. In Israel, there was something called a goel, a kinsman redeemer. And in order to be able to redeem a field or a person who is in prison or in or an indentured service, you had to be a relative. You had to be family. And not just, just family, but close family. The Goel, the kinsman redeemer, had to be the nearest relative to you. And the reason is, the whole idea was to keep the land in the family. If someone else bought the land, they were just buying it for themselves. But if the Goel, the nearest relative were to buy the land. It kept the land in the family. And it turned out that Boaz was a close relative to Elimelech. And so he could be the redeemer and buy back Elimelech's land and provide for Naomi and Ruth. And when Naomi realized all this, she rejoiced. God was showing them favor. And so she told Ruth, Ruth, you should go propose to Boaz. All right. Pretty cool. That was the other thing about redeeming the land. If Boaz redeemed the land because the heir to the land, who was Ruth's uh, uh, dead husband, Naomi's son, the heir to the land was dead, he would also have to marry Ruth, the heir's widow, so that she could have a son who could then inherit the land and keep it in the family. That was another law during that time called Leverite marriage. It was about preserving the lineage of a close relative that had passed away. We're not going to get into that, but that's what was going on at this time. But here's the thing. When Ruth asked Boaz to act as redeemer, 
This is what she said to him. She said this, I want you to spread your cloak over your servant, for you are, and then she used the word, Goel. You are our kinsman redeemer. She was asking him to protect her, to cover her with his cloak, to be their redeemer, and to make her his wife. And he gladly agreed. He had noticed her. She had been kind to him. And he saw how she had been gracious to Naomi all those years. And even though she was a foreigner in his field, in his eyes, she was a treasure. But there was one problem. There was another one who was closer in relation to Elimelech. So before Boaz could act as redeemer, he had to give this other man the option to do so. So Boaz was free as the nearest willing relative to act as Goel and redeem Naomi's land. And as king's kinsman redeemer, he also got a bride named Ruth. And soon she gave birth to a son named Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David. That's Boaz's faithfulness. And all of that is beautiful. But what's even more beautiful is God's faithfulness. How's everybody doing? Because we're going to go all the way back to the Exodus. When God is promising to save his people from Egypt. Listen to this from chapter 6. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves. And I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. And I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. I will redeem you. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. Do you know what God was saying? He said, I will redeem you. I will be your Goel. I will be your Redeemer. And remember, the Goel had to be the nearest relative. And God says to Moses, I want to be that to you. I want to be your Goel. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells his disciples this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. I used to think that that was about us selling everything we have in order to get the kingdom of heaven. And it might be, that might be what it's about. And if it is, the kingdom of heaven is totally worth it. We should sell everything we have so we can get that field and get that treasure because the kingdom of heaven is worth it. But now I'm not sure that's what it is anymore. What if instead, instead, what if the man who found a treasure in a field is Jesus, like Boaz, who found Ruth in a field? And what if the treasure in the field is us? And what if the man covered the treasure to, to protect it, just like Boaz covered Ruth to protect her with his cloak? And what if the man in his joy sold all he had and gave up everything so he could buy the field like Boaz 
bought and redeemed Naomi's field? And what if buying the field, redeeming the world, meant like Boaz that he could marry his bride? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. What if the man who found a treasure in a field is Jesus? And what if the treasure in the field is us? And the field is the world. And the man is Jesus who in his joy gave up everything and bought that field. Some commentators say that the scroll in Revelation 5, the one with the seven seals, the one that only Jesus, the Lamb of God, was worthy to open, some commentators say that it's what the, 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 what the uh, scroll is, is the unveiling of the unfolding of history, of all of history. Other commentators say it's the deed to all creation, like a deed to a piece of land or a field in need of redemption. We don't know for sure what it is. But we do know that only Jesus was worthy. Only Jesus was able to break the seal and open the scroll. And we also know that only Jesus could be our Goel. Only Jesus, who is both God and man, could pay the price to redeem the world and marry his treasured bride, the church. Listen to this from Revelation chapter 5. This is after no one was found worthy to open the scroll. And then it was announced that only Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, was worthy. And then it says... Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slain. I'm sorry. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. That's God the Father. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. This is hard for me to read. I'm so sorry. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And listen, and by your blood you have redeemed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God and they will reign on earth. By your blood, you redeemed people for God. Why was he worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Because he was our, is our, Goel, because he paid the price of redemption, because he redeemed us by his blood. That is the faithfulness of God. Back in Genesis, God promised Moses that he would redeem his people, that he would do what only our nearest relative could do. And so when the time was right, he came as one of us and became a full member of the human family, became our nearest relative, so he could be our Goel. And he was born, the son of Mary, the son of David, the son of Ruth and Boaz, 
the son of Abraham, the son of God. And he paid the price of redemption with his blood on the cross. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for his faithfulness and for the faithfulness of Ruth and Boaz and for the faithfulness of his son, Jesus, our Savior and our Redeemer.